0: All
1: right, welcome everyone to our first ever episode of shadow running on Empty, the podcast where we're going to fill your brain with shadow run knowledge i am your host and lore master uh so easy mode you will know me from our awesome show sinless where uh, i'm taking some of my newbie runners uh through the world of shadow run and what better way than to uh, get them more focused than give them a bunch of lore. I know it's what everybody wants. Uh, I've been doing Shatter Run since, wow. Yeah, it's almost been 20 years. OK. <laughs> uh 20 years in Shadowrun, and much longer than that don't want to date myself here uh playing tabletop role-playing games i have with me this evening we have austin who plays kaze in the show and we have captain cozy who plays zero you guys what uh, what are your backgrounds in the tabletop world
2: My name is Austin, uh, also known as Austin CSY. I play Kaze in the Sinless uh, campaign that we are running on the Critical Hits channel. Um, I have a background of D&D back to third edition uh, was when I first started uh, actually playing tabletop roleplay. And for the most part, pretty much all of my tabletop experiences rooted in D&D. I'm currently playing in a in a fifth edition campaign with my wife as Dungeon Master uh, with a group of friends locally. And um actually playing with you guys on the channel, starting with the uh, the the worldwide wrestling show that we did before we' gotten into Shadow uh, is kind of the first time that I ever branched off into uh, playing anything outside of the d and d scape. So uh, my experience with Shadow Run so far is the twenty six episodes that we have recorded of Sinless. Uh, And yeah, uh, so yeah, I've got, I'd say, maybe like 10 or so years of actual tabletop experience, but uh, very, very new to the Shadowrun world.
3: Hello, everybody. I am Captain Cozy, also known as Tyler, also known as Zero, but never call me late for dinner. Um, I've been playing Shadowrun the game itself since uh, we started the Sinless Run. Besides that, I played the Shadow Run game on Xbox 360 where I played a troll who teleported with a samurai sword. Never forget. Uh, besides that, I've been playing tabletop games since uh, the uh, fourth edition Dungeons & Dr- Dragons. So you know I'm well-versed in the RPGs. Definitely not really. And uh, yeah, I am a lore nerd. So I'm here for that sweet, sweet, dangerous lore.
2: You mentioning the Xbox 360 Shadowrun game actually reminded me, do either of you guys remember the WizKids tabletop Shadowrun that they tried to do? Where uh, it was right after Clicks had taken off and uh, they had gotten the MechWarrior license as well. And so they started branching off into a bunch of other PC games. And one of the ones that they got the license to was for Shadowrun. Um, but like anybody who's familiar with the click system from WizKids, you'll know that they're like, tiny figures on these little rotating bases, which is why they call them clicks. Um, but for shadow run, they decided that the best way to make it appealing was to make actual like six to nine inch action figures that came with like full accessories, like 14 points of articulation on each of these bad boys. And they had turnable dial bases, like all of the other clicks property games, but they were massive and it was just like a straight up pvp uh tactical game and i remember having figures for that and never playing the actual tabletop version of shadow run and that was that was i think the actual first time that i had ever heard of shadow run was was back in that
1: no one ever played that
2: <laughs> i don't think I, I, to this day i have met multiple people who have the figures or have mm-hmm. the figures and have never played the actual game yeah <laughs> like, yeah like yeah. it seemed to just be a well this is the closest we've ever gotten to cool officially licensed shadow run merch and that was the reason that everybody bought it
1: so like uh the whole reason behind it was just so they could try and put out that expensive click merch Mm-hmm. to a really niche audience at the time yeah because weren't... there was no other cyberpunk anything on the market
2: weren't those things also like 30 to 40 bucks
1: oh they pop? were they were uh, prohibitively expensive like to try to play a, a game with
2: like a booster pack of hero clicks was like eight bucks and then they're like here's Shadowrun. run do you want to play $30 minimum in introduction investment. 60 if you have a friend you want to play with. Like, yeah, it was nuts, dude. I don't, yeah, I don't know who in WizKids marketing thought that that was a good idea, but...
1: Ugh. I feel like that's just WizKids marketing for you right there. But uh, yeah, the, that, yeah, that is why it never took off. Uh I also appreciate the, the 360 uh, video game reference. Captain Cozy, I too, played that... Like... Had nothing to do with Shadowrun. It just had the name on it. It was, it a, game. was a game, quote unquote, but.
3: Oh, yeah. uh, it was Shadowrun to <laughs> me, damn it.
2: Yeah, well, you're <laughs> going to learn today. Up, up until about eight months ago, that was Shadowrun. <laughs> well,
1: now it's completely different. I promise you, it's nothing like that video game. Uh, <laughs> the the harebrained games recently that came out are, are actually a much better representation. And if you haven't played them, you should.
2: I have dipped my toes a little bit in the first one. uh, And it is very, very good, Um, especially if you're into like uh, it. They very much remind me of like old school point and click text adventure games. Mm -hmm. And they are very immersive in terms of immediately dropping you in and just not explaining anything. And then as soon as somebody makes a reference to something, they're like, here's our little pop up two paragraph dialogue box to give you a little. You want to know what a coffin (laughs) motel is? Bam. You can go Boom. ahead and read our thesis on it and then you'll be and then you can go ahead and click continue on that text box.
1: Like Yeah, they give you a lot of uh, of dump information, like whew. They
2: are oh. dense, but they are very, very fun. They are very solid uh, games.
1: Yes, I, I highly recommend them. Um, but hopefully that's what we can get in the the podcast here is a bunch of that lore dump without having to actually read it all.
2: Yeah, reading's for suckers, so this is going to be a way more enjoyable (laughs) reason for it. Uh, In regards to the lore aspect of it, Tyler, I'm going to need you to back me up on this one real quick. What does everybody want? No idea. Lore. It's lore. 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 What does everybody need? (laughs) More lore. More lore. No, just, God, I was trying, you know what? It was supposed to be an Uh, El Snow uh, reference. Throw Uh, it away.
4: It was supposed to be an uh, El Snow uh, reference (laughs) that was just for Tyler. Oh, no.
2: Uh, it's fine anyway back to you cozy or i'm sorry wow. back to you so easy you know what it we're doing
1: f- fell apart right away <laughs> uh, so the first episode here i thought what better way to start than actually give you i know a little bit of a history lesson let's sit down for class
0: <laughs>
1: i know right uh, so Shadowrun is referred to as the sixth world but why do we call it the sixth world I know that's a question some people ask sometimes
2: I ask myself that on a daily basis
1: <laughs> so the real reason behind that is that two versions of earth or two worlds uh, were before this there was the fourth world which was like high magic and fantasy and that all relates to a, another product that the original uh, the original team that put out Shadowrun, the fast corporation uh, wrote called earth Dawn, which was another mm-hmm. role-playing game that was set in like high fantasy and there was lots of magic and fantastical creatures and everything like that mm-hmm. and they tied that in to the worlds that they created for their next ip which would be shadow run so the fifth world is current day that's what we're living right now and then once magic starts to creep back into the world that's when the sixth world starts to come back
2: okay so quick question here getting getting right off right off the bat that's what we want why is present day referred to as the fifth world does that have to do anything with additioning for the games or why did they land on fifth world as the descriptor for modern day
1: so it's just the way uh, the ebb and flow of mana goes in their overarching story. Oh, okay. uh, they started with fourth world in Earthdawn, and then when mana retreated from the world, we get the fifth world, which is the mundane, which is what we're in right
2: now—modern civilization. Gotcha. Yeah. So yes. it's kind of like a—it's kind of like an ages scenario in the Lord of the Rings mythology, yeah. where it's broken up into first, second, third age. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Absolutely. That is 100% correct. Also, at the very beginning, when you said two worlds coming together, I cannot get the image of like an animated Shadowrun movie with Phil Collins doing the soundtrack out of my head now. (laughs) And I just, I had to speak that into existence because if it ever happens, you heard it here first because that would be a fantastic
1: idea. That's right. This is where you heard it first somebody get on that let's let's call phil collins up right <laughs> i'm sure phil collins isn't doing anything
2: these days What's
1: he what?
2: is he got like a oingo boingo reunion tour to look forward to or something like i'm sure he's fine i'm sure he's i'm sure he's raring to go
1: <laughs> uh, you know i couldn't tell you for sure <laughs> but uh the the sixth world isn't only just about magic we also have that dystopian cyberpunk feel where corporations have sort of taken over uh government isn't as strong as it once was and you end up with uh shadow runners so to get to that point i think to set the stage for this we have to go back back in time to the late 1990s nobody remembers that oh the, the 90s come on let's, let's go back to the 90s everybody the millennial
2: dark ages as we like to refer to it <laughs> nobody nobody was alive back then nobody has any history
1: <laughs> history didn't begin until 2000 everybody knows it
2: yeah his history didn't begin until steve jobs walked out on that stage and introduced the iphone <sighs>
1: <laughs> That's when, that's when it all began, yep. in the before four times. In the before four
2: times.
1: <laughs> uh, so, uh, weirdly enough, we'll probably see some correlation to some uh, real-world events that are currently going on, which I always thought was really interesting.
2: All names uh, and events and locations and likenesses, legally distinct, of course. L-
1: yes, of course, of course. We're not trying to draw, we're not trying to be conspiracy nuts here, but you know, you yes. draw whatever conclusions you want. So, uh, in at the end of the '90s, basically at the, the very last uh, 1999, mm-hmm. we've got uh, we've got the situation that takes place in New York City, mm-hmm. where a bunch of truckers and teamsters actually go on strike. Okay. Sounding familiar? <laughs> uh
0: huh. Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: So this the strike goes on for a while. And uh, it results in a bunch of food shortages in New York. So biggest city uh, on the East Coast, and they're losing food. So what do you think happens? Riots happen. Cannibalism.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry. I, well, I, think no, I no, we don't
1: go there yet. Cannibalism
0: okay.
2: riots? Cannibalism <laughs> riots? Yes. Riot no, for my just, right to cannibalize, please and thank you.
1: Just regular riots. Okay, that's fair. So the, the riots are going on, people are protesting, uh, the Teamsters and the truckers are fighting back for you know, better wages and all that fun stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, tensions are rising and rising. And this corporation called SerTech, which just dealt in medical and pharmaceuticals, right? They have a convoy that goes through New York that's transporting hazardous medical waste well, unfortunately, a bunch of the rioters think that they're food trucks, and so mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. get attacked.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then and... A, a bucket spills on a boy and blinds his eyes, <laughs> and that's how Daredevil was created, well, as well isn't... as it leaking down into the sewers and also creating the Critting Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, as we know, yes.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not all entirely connected. true. It's all, all connected, of it's everybody.
2: connected. <laughs> You just got to look at the bigger picture, okay?
1: (laughs) That's quite the stretch. That's not exactly what happens. What actually happens is the the team that was deployed to protect the medical waste from getting out because you don't want terrible, hazardous bio waste all over your city, Mm -hmm. uh, ended up gunning down some of the rioters. Like you do. Uh, it ends up that a good portion of rioters and, uh, Fifteen SerTech employees end up dying from this incident, mm, and that yeah, so brings that's... it to the Supreme Court, where they're like, "Hey, we got to blame somebody for this. SerTech, it's it's all your fault." And instead, SerTech says, "Well, well, no, we had to defend ourselves and our property, and this opens up uh, the first Supreme Court ruling that favors corporations." and says that, well, they should have a right to defend themselves as they see fit.
2: Mm, Surely that's not going to set a dangerous precedent going forward? Absolutely not.
1: Oh, oh, if only it didn't, but it does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next incident that we run into that kind of cascades into these corporations starting to get more power happens only two years later. When a little corporation called Shiawase, remember that name, because it's going to come up again later on in some future podcasts, Mm -hmm. uh, they decide to build their own nuclear power plant
2: Mm -hmm. to
1: run their corporation that they have set up. And they didn't go through the regulatory commission and they just the U.S. just let them do it. They're like, all right, sure. Uh, They end up getting attacked by this eco-terrorist group called Terra First. Mm -hmm. And they almost go through a meltdown because of it. And again, the U.S. steps in and goes, hey, corporation, we're going to slap your hands. And Shiawase goes, well, no, it's not our fault. We're tied up in federal regulations and laws to be able to properly defend ourselves.
2: I feel like the only eco-terrorist group that have ever, like, actually been beneficial was Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Like, outside of them, I I don't think that we've ever had a scenario where the eco-terrorists came out on the other side and they were like, Look, guys, we actually did good, you know?
1: That's fair, but we don't have the Planeteers, unfortunately.
2: That, you know, if the the Sixth World had the Planeteers... It (laughs) would (laughs) have stopped... Everything in its tracks. this would be a completely different game we'd be playing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this leads, this again goes to the Supreme Court, and Shiwase uses the Saratek decision as a precedent for why they need to be untied from federal laws and regulations. Mm -hmm. And of course, the government in all its wisdom wanting to make things better for people uh, goes, you know what? You're probably right. Mm. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And so they come up with this thing called extraterritoriality, which mm-hmm. allows these corporations to basically become small nations unto themselves.
2: Because mm. nothing Diplomatic can go wrong community. here. Diplomatic community. Yes, that, that old chestnut.
1: Of course, this ends up creating giant Giant problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, spoilers, now, spoilers,
2: we haven't gotten there yet.
1: Now, the corporations can basically raise their own private armies and they have this legal precedence to wrap themselves in to be like, well, we're just doing it to protect our assets and our people. So, onward we go into the future. 2002, we have the resource rush. And this is uh, a weird move by the US where they come in and they take millions of acres of land uh, that were originally like state and national parks. Some of them, uh, again, were stealing Native American reservations Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that land gets turned over to these corporations because they then buy it from the seizure
2: man it sure is a good thing that art never imitates life right guys right <laughs> absolutely
1: i know I, I couldn't foresee anything like this happening right
2: Mm-mm-mm.
1: never in a million years
2: oh <laughs> well, maybe just within the last 300 <sighs> so
1: <laughs> it's like we don't learn from our history we're, we're just doomed to repeat it
0: yeah
2: well you that know. can't be it no 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 surely that's not the case so they come in, start grabbing up all the land that they can.
1: Yep. And then mm-hmm. selling it off to the corporations that the highest bidder basically.
2: So so the government is taking their own land that they have previously owned for the purposes of national parks and all of that good stuff mm-hmm. and are the ones who are then selling it off to the government or to the corporations that yep. they themselves have given this right to in the first place. Yes. I'm starting to smell something fishy going on here. I don't know. It's like a corporate real estate simulator.
1: Well, I mean, think of the lobbyists. This is probably a prime time for them.
2: Yeah, at the very least. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm I, starting to think that maybe somebody's getting paid under the table here uh, in order to allow this to happen. I know there's no such thing as corruption in politics.
3: It's a very nice table. It's a
2: very well-made table. It's That's definitely
1: made of mahogany.
2: Ooh. Yes, at the very least. The last one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting that you bring up the idea of corruption because in 2003, the United States government decides to dissolve the municipal government of Washington, D.C. You know, I appreciate that it only took them a year.
3: Yeah, they had a lot of time to <laughs> think about it.
2: 2002, they were like, what if we just sold off all of this extra land that's just i don't know taking up space and we could just make the money off of it and then the next year they're like why do we even need to have jobs in the first place what if we just (laughs) let these guys handle it they seem to know what they're doing
1: uh the hilarious reason is widespread corruption had left the city with escalating debts crumbling infrastructure and a climate where no one believed the government was watching out for the common good shock
2: (laughs) <laughs> I am utterly shocked.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs>
3: Invest in big business. Yes, is, always. Is the, yeah, that's that's the major moral choice I'm making here.
1: Then there's a scandal with the current president about paying Mexico uh, for resource rushes south of the border.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, trying to buy up more of that land and sell it off. So they got and these debts that they're trying to get and rid when of. you're
3: when you're saying resource rushes is it like extracting natural resources from that particular area
1: uh it's the i that's what they they put it under the precedence as like there's natural resources to be able to be mined or gathered but uh really what it is it's it's like a really messed up real estate game
2: yeah, I was gonna say I think the land was more important than the actual resources that were on yeah. the land. Yeah. Oh, just corp- having more
1: land. Okay. Corporations. Yeah, the corporations, the yeah, the corporations wanted out. more land and places to build, especially since now they have this extra territoriality clause that they can oh, hide behind
3: oh so they're yeah. basically expanding the size of their corporate country they,
2: they've been yeah. told they've been told you guys are allowed to be nations and now they're building their nation for the common the good existing united ah, yes. states that we already had yes the common for the, common
1: for the common good
2: also why why didn't we go up to canada what was like what was going what was canada to what to to uh, their blood we had to go down to mexico first or
1: Canada was holding out. No, there's some there. There's some things that are also going on in Canada uh, around this time as well, where they're actually exploiting uh, native lands as well what? and pushing natives off their land for resources.
0: I did it first.
2: Thank God, life doesn't imitate art. You know what I'm saying? It's just, boy, that would be a tragedy. Boy, that would be a tragedy.
1: <laughs> I said correlations, man. It's crazy. Wouldn't it just if these mirrored real life and we were on a collision course for the Shadowrun dystopian world? I, for one, welcome our corporate overlords.
3: I mean, hey, I'm still waiting for a radioactive food truck. Uh, then I'll yeah. get back to... Yeah,
2: oh, what's yeah, what, the radioactive waste riots happen in New York City that we are truly, truly on the prime timeline
1: at that point? <laughs> well, the other thing you uh, think about is it doesn't have to happen in New York. It could be any major city, really.
2: Uh, that is fair that is very fair i don't guys,
1: think it matters that it's new york i feel like the 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 story runners just picked new york because it's a york. large populous area you see it in movies all the time Incredible. something yeah. Disastrous the happens yeah yeah
2: so okay so corporations move down into mexico start buying up all of their land as well uh mm-hmm. in order to keep expanding out from there
1: Right, and I'll get into what happens more around the world probably a little bit later. We're going to mostly focus on what happens to the United States and how we end up getting into uh, Seattle as a um, its own autonomous city kind Ooh. of deal. Gotcha. Which is what you're running in for yeah. the story.
2: Oh yeah, no, I mean, I, I I feel like we could for sure just do like entire episodes on like the history of other places and.
1: Oh, it it could it, it's going to get crazy and I'm sure you'll have you'll have questions that will will expand even deeper on some of the topics that we touch on as we go through. And I will look forward to those. Like there there's so much. There's so much. Uh one of the other terrible things that happens because terrible things just have to keep happening. Right. <laughs> In 2000 and uh, 2005 the east coast actually gets hit with an earthquake
2: what, 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 what magnitude are we talking here what are we, what are we looking at
1: uh, we're looking at a
2: 5.8 that's ah, not too bad I mean you could walk that off that'll be alright do they go into why like what caused it
1: uh, it's not really known why there's an earthquake just hit Manhattan and um it's not good
2: i feel like the two most logical explanations are either fracking a natural resource destruction causing some kind of shift in the ecosystem that causes this giant earthquake or it's the awakening of the elder gods those are the only two viable options for one of those is sexier episode. than the other absolutely and it's fracking let me tell yeah, you. yeah absolutely Ooh. you get a little hot in here or is that just me <laughs>
1: Interesting take on one of the reasons as to why mm. um, could come from it could come from magical reasons from back in the fourth world.
0: Mm. Okay. Ooh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, stepping way back in time back into the fourth world um, when the when this menace came to kind of destroy the fourth world mm-hmm everybody retreated underground using powerful magic to create these massive underground cities called cairns. Okay. And uh, one of the possibilities as to why there's this earthquake is one of those cairns is destroyed.
2: Ah! Whoa. Now, in in, in reference to the timeline between fourth world, fifth world, like Mm -hmm. what is the timing in between? Is it supposed to be like like year year 0 is the beginning of fifth world into modern history so like as as far as we have existed we are 2000 years removed from the fourth
1: world so the fourth world really reaches all the way back into like myth and right. the storytelling there uh the fifth world really really begins in like the BC era okay and goes all the way till now.
2: So the fourth so the fourth world timeline is like thousands if not tens of thousands of years that that existed and then the fourth world ends at the dawn of essentially modern civilization that we have
1: now. It's a weird it's a weird contrast where the fourth ends and begins. Mm. Um I will have to actually maybe look into that, but I know it's all in antiquity and, and the myths uh, all come from that we know of today in the fifth world are coming from the fourth world.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And, and within the modern context of our current timeline, the current modern civilization and history that we have had as, as people now, Mm -hmm. like in the real world, Yep. Is the same timeline that the fifth world timeline also follows basically up until 1999, which is when yes. everything starts to diverge. Yes. Cool. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha.
1: Yeah, the divergence happens in 99. Uh, part of me just feels like we're just behind the timeline. <laughs> we're we're I ahead mean... of the Shadowrun timeline. Shadowrun stuff happens earlier, but... I don't know. There's stuff going on today that really makes me wonder sometimes.
2: Listen, given that I was born in '91, I will wholeheartedly sign off on everything started going downhill after '99. So (laughs) I, I I can agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly.
1: That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Going off of all this land grab and this resource grab and everything, Mm -hmm. corporations starting to really ramp up and become bigger things. Mm -hmm. um, Leave it to Texas. Yee-haw! (laughs) Uh, In 2000, we're in 2008 now, uh, Texas creates a new kind of militia that allows governments to assemble armed groups of private citizens to fill the gaps for law enforcement.
3: Is it... are you sure you're not just reading
2: off of Wikipedia? <laughs> I, I,
1: I swear. I swear that, that's what happens.
2: I feel like you're just reading off of Ted Cruz's re-election campaign speech right now. <laughs> like, I think that's... So, okay. so So then I have a question. Okay. So at this point, how is that being regulated when we've already had the dissolution of federal government? State. Okay. So we've just gone completely to state government there is no federal overhead every state is its own autonomous entity at this point as well what as it... the mega
1: corporations yes you've got you have the remnants of the federal government which uh-huh. people laugh at at this point right uh you've got the corporations becoming their own places and so states are left to kind of fend for themselves
2: okay gotcha huh Otherwise known as the Texas Wet Dream, right? Amen, <laughs> <Iron Man>, brother. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's that's pretty that's pretty spot on.
2: All right, so we've got so we've got the Yeehaw Posse down in Texas. Yes,
1: uh, that that comes into play much later on uh, as well, where you'll see uh, the creation of a corporately owned police force. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that becomes Lone Star, the Lone Star Police Force.
3: Oh, that you know, you know, that, that name have... makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Though.
2: Huh? I just <laughs> thought it
3: sounded cool. Yeah.
2: I'm yeah, no, it well, has that's yeah, its Logan roots Star. right there. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense then. Uh,
1: we and we will we will get to that, I promise. <laughs> uh going forward, we're now on to 2009 and really the crazy stuff for Shadowrun, like this is all just ramping things up. The right. crazy stuff really starts to happen um, when, with the end of the Mayan calendar. Ooh.
2: Which was 2010, right? Uh, 12. 12.
1: 2012. 2012, okay. 2012. So we're into 2009 now. Sorry,
0: we all um, lived
2: through it and I completely blanked it out of my memory. So it's, that's my bad. All right, so
1: 2009. 2009. Ah, the U.S. makes uh, another another boo-boo.
2: I don't think we're known for that. (laughs) Not in the slightest. I mean,
3: we Uh, just started a people-run militia, so... Yeah.
1: United Oil Industries, so you know this is going to be great, receives the oil rights to one quarter of the remaining national parks and one-tenth of the remaining Native American reservations. This... Uh, definitely creates a big problem.
2: But everybody loves oil and
1: native land. Oh yeah, and losing and losing native land, right?
2: I mean,
3: we're gaining, repossessing native land.
1: Everybody loves oil and taking native
2: land. That's what I've learned so far from the. For
3: legal purposes, these
2: are all jokes.
0: Um, yes.
1: <laughs> 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 these are all jokes. Please, please.
2: All right, so so big oil comes in, does what big oil do.
1: Yes, big oil come in, do what big oil do. Uh, they take the the native lands, they push the natives off their land. Uh, Canada is also doing something similar at the time, and uh, this ends up actually creating a movement with Native American people who've been displaced once again. They come together to form the Sovereign American Indian Movement, otherwise known as SAM. Uh, This also goes into the first major incident of of this time called the Lone Eagle Incident, where a group of militantly-minded and armed native americans storm a nuclear missile silo in minnesota or montana
2: my guess would have to be montana it's a lot of flat nothing out there it's a perfect place to throw nuclear silos (laughs) and literally nobody would realize nobody would notice it there would no one would notice it it's the perfect it's the perfect area for it I mean, unless they're going to hide them in the lakes in Minnesota, at which point you could build about a thousand nuclear silos. And once again, nobody would notice anything because, you know, they're already there. Also, I have to say, when we first started this and everything was like, yeah, we're going to learn about the lore. It's going to be fun. Woo. You know, people (laughs) give people give the Simpsons a lot of credit for uh, predicting the future. I don't think a lot of enough people are giving Shadowrun credit for predicting the future because...
1: Big yikes, dude. There's
2: a lot of big yikes that we've talked about so far. And uh,
1: uh, that are close to what you think could happen, right?
2: Oh, boys, are we hitting home on a lot of topics right now <laughs> that I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, we're about 10 years off and that could still definitely happen tomorrow. I can totally see that being the case. Yeah, I remember when
3: I was like, man, I can't wait to like be distracted from the world and talk about some fictional lore. And then I feel like you're just reading alternate history.
1: I'm really, I'm really sorry about
0: that. (laughs) No, you're not.
3: I, okay, of a few things I will preface, of a few things I know about the Shadowrun lore, I feel like I know... Where this is gonna end up, and I'm very excited. I just wanted to put that out there. It's <laughs> one of the first things you told me about was Shadowrun. And I, I don't remember if this is exactly it, but
2: I'm excited.
1: All right. It is it is uh it is Montana.
2: Yeah, good old Montana, <laughs> finally putting it to use for something. <laughs>
1: so they storm they storm the place and um, the government gives the green light to send in a strike team to take them take it back, right? And, of course, this ends in, like, a bloodbath. Uh, but not before the uh, the natives fire a nuke.
0: Oh! Oh!
1: Yeah, they launch a nuke, and they, um, they launched it at Russia. Oh! Huh! Yeah. Okay, huh. why
2: did they launch it at Russia?
1: Because Russia, it, still in this timeline, is one of the other superpowers with the, the still a big threat against the United States. And obviously they also have a giant nuclear arsenal. So, so
2: was the intention of Sam at this point that they were just trying to go like full on glassed earth, like yes, ruin it for everybody? scenario. Yeah, yes. They, okay.
1: they, there were the militant group. Uh, there were at this time, also there are a bunch of protests and some riots that are going on Um. A, about Native Americans losing their land. Rightfully and this so. milit- Yeah, this militant group just decides we've had enough. They go in, they storm the silo, they take it over. Uh, they know that they're cornered. Uh, negotiations are going nowhere. They're trying to get their some of their land back. Mm-hmm. And obviously the corporations are like, <laughs> no, 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 you signed on the dotted line. Right. So, uh, the, the U S government goes send in the strike team and they knew it was coming. And so they made good on their threat of listen to our demands. We're going to glass everything.
2: Fair enough.
1: So they fire, they fire the nuke. Um, the president at the time freaks out and tries to call up the Russian president to prevent a nuclear Holocaust. (laughs)
2: <laughs> understandably so
1: and as the missile is on the way
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, just a uh, quick mention like you know scale of 1 to 10 uh, not a big <laughs> deal right like <laughs> we'll still be cool after this right like I gave you a heads up you know
1: yeah that's that's basically what he's trying to do I um, see no
2: reason why we can't still be friends on the other side of this whole nuke going off in a heavily populated area I'm assuming
1: scenario <laughs> right uh, but here's the silver lining. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. The Death Star? The does, Nuke the Death does... Star
2: system work?
1: Uh no, the, the missile disappears. You're
2: oh telling me that
3: in the world of Shadowrun where all this insane stuff is happening, nothing mm-hmm. happens.
1: Well, the aftermath. Well, the nuke disappears. That's <laughs> the, a pretty significant thing. Mean, well, something he said specifically
3: I mean... nothing happens. And then also, oh by the way. <laughs>
1: well, nothing
2: happens in. The... Nothing happens in terms of it didn't land anywhere, <laughs> but it a nuke disappearing mid like mid transcontinental flight that's mm-hmm. a pretty substantial happening. I'd uh, say. no
1: one finds it and no one knows what happened to it to current day where we're playing in Shadowrun. No one knows oh. what happened oh, oh cool.
2: man we're just gonna get to this point where there's just gonna be like a blip and the nuke just reappears in trajectory isn't it oh <laughs> my know. gosh that and would be terrible it's, I, I, uh, and then it, there's it, gonna it have to be <laughs> like dragon bruce willis is gonna have to fly up and grab the nuke and re-trajectory it into the moon then we're gonna lose the moon <laughs> catastrophic tidal damage Oh.
1: Dragon Bruce Willis! I okay. was, as, wow, as, I was
2: as, not ready for that. As As Sixth World Aerosmith plays him out in a in a <sighs> grand fashion.
3: Okay, so right. wait, it just disappears <laughs> out of the atmosphere, or
1: yeah, it vanishes. Like people off are radar. looking
3: at. Are they, oh, so do, people don't see where, where what happened to
1: it? No, no one sees what happens. It just vanishes.
3: Oh. Huh.
1: No one knows what happened.
2: Well, that was a close one.
1: Uh, yeah, everyone breathes a sigh of relief. Like, oh, no nuclear holocaust. All right.
2: Everything's okay.
1: Uh, everything, however, does not end up being okay. Nuclear war avoided
2: for some reason. Everybody <laughs> tell <television. laughs>
1: Exactly. No one knows why. <clears throat> but then you have the fallout of what happens. Obviously, there ends up being a lot of rage and mm-hmm. anger directed at Native American peoples. Because... You tried to nuclear Holocaust. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, bad things happen. Uh, <laughs> this isn't um, our brightest hour, but um, hey, we're joined by Canada and doing the same thing. So, Canada and the US kind of get together and, like, hey, we got this problem over here. I think we need to build re education and relocation oh. camps. Oh, no. And they do. Oh, no. Yeah. The Reeducation and Relocation Act is passed in the U.S., ordering all natives with the remotest connection to the SAM group. So if you have native blood, guess what? Huh. You are sent to detention centers.
0: Oh.
3: I see no parallels here.
1: Uh, In Canada, they call it something else. They call it the uh, Nepean Act is passed, and that legitimizes internment camps for natives while dismantling the Inuit territory.
3: It feels like Native Americans don't get a break
1: in Shadowrun. Oh, they do. Don't worry. When we get there, your jaw will probably drop. Uh, The Native Americans do do get uh, revenge. I will say that. But we have more terrible things to happen before we get to there.
0: <laughs>
3: A nice change of pace.
1: I, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and of course, under the guise of rounding up all of these dissenting Native Americans, the government seizes all remaining lands. Big surprise, like you right? do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like you do. No, no one thought anything bad was going to come of this. And uh, at that same time, in 2010 now, a, uh, a terrible disease rears its ugly head as well. As if we didn't have enough problems going on.
2: 2010, terrible disease. Yeah, they were only 10 years off. Cut them some slack. Yeah.
1: The world is hit by a plague called Virally Induced Toxic Allergy Syndrome, otherwise known as Vitis
2: but Vita means life. That seems counterintuitive.
1: It does, right? But that's what they call it. You know? Uh, and... You got you,
2: you always gotta appreciate a good acronym. <laughs>
1: and I do. Uh this nasty little bug ends up taking out a quarter of the world's population. Yeah, it was bad.
2: Did they do they ever go further into expanding on what the cause for this actually was or is it just this weird virus that just was a permutation of a permutation that showed up and took everybody out
3: i mean the fact that it has aller allergic is that like one of the root
2: parts
1: of the acronym allergy it's
2: an allergy
1: it's uh once again it is called
2: yeah, it made you allergic to being alive anymore.
3: I guess so. A quarter of the population.
1: <laughs> the virally, yeah, virally induced toxic allergy syndrome.
3: Oh, so it's a virus that makes you allergic.
2: So, so it's a virus that makes that makes you allergic to life. Huh?
0: That's
2: why we <laughs> called it Venus. You know what? I'm actually. You know, I'm so... starting to get. I'm yeah. trying to get on board with this. I'm start. It's starting to come together. <laughs> <laughs> things are starting
3: to make uh, sense in the yeah. fifth world fourth yeah. world fourth world fifth world fifth world, fifth world. Fifth world.
1: Fifth world. Fourth uh fifth it world. was uh it was an airborne virus so that's why it was so rampant
0: mm-hmm.
3: i just have this like smirk of <laughs> the smirk of someone who's like
1: uh... so if you contracted oh. this nasty bug Uh, It becomes evident in 12 hours after your initial exposure.
2: Uh
1: Initial symptoms include fever, chills, and vomiting.
2: Okay.
1: If unchecked, it progresses into anaphylactic shock with an increase in histamine levels causing bronchiospasms. And most people uh, die from bronchioconstriction constriction leading to suffocation. I I don't know, that sounds pretty correlated.
3: Uh, As someone with asthma,
2: that is absolutely (laughs) terrifying. As someone also with asthma, seconded. (laughs) So, when Vetus comes out and starts ravaging and and having its way with humanity, uh, where do we get to the point of it not being an issue anymore? Is it natural... (laughs) development of immunity to the virus or is it or or do the the mega corporations come in and save the day
3: as they often do uh
1: not not really here's here's what i've got for you on uh where it possibly came from okay uh, there are a bunch of rumors and conspiracies mm. um that it Great was start. a that it was a <laughs> viral form biological weapon Oh uh-huh.
3: wow.
2: That was it...
1: developed at a research lab in Christmas Valley, Oregon.
2: Oh, okay. So it, okay. so they so they didn't come from bats is what you're saying.
1: Um probably not. Okay. That's that's the conspiracy theory. How uh, ridiculous you... is
2: that? How ridiculous of a notion is that?
1: <laughs> are you ready for the the next fun part? Uh oh, let's Christmas go. Valley, Oregon in current Shadowrun uh-huh. is now in uh, Tier Tankari.
2: In tier, what's tier Tonkery?
1: Remember, you were doing that assassination mission on the prince from Uh oh, the tier. Oh, he comes from tier Tongary.
2: Oh, oh, okay. Uh Aha, okay. I'm gonna show my
3: geographical ignorance here. Yes, where is that? Is that a thing in
2: in world? world?
1: Yeah, in real world. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Christmas Valley, Oregon is a. Oh, no,
1: tier Tonkery. Oh, uh, Uh, it's tier Tongary in real world is uh Portland. It's Portland.
2: Oh,
3: it's just Portland.
2: Okay. yeah. I, I do remember that only because so easy did explain that to me when I was asking him some questions about the press on the side, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so it, it, it,
1: it shows its head around 2010, 2011 and over the next two years it kills a quarter of the world's population.
2: Oh, fantastic. Okay. And and it originated from Oregon.
1: Potentially it originated, as it like, may be originated from Oregon, but the first sorry. cases weren't reported until uh, it, the first cases were initially reported in New Delhi in India.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot to include my air quotes there. It originally started <laughs> yeah, in Oregon you, as the you. potential <laughs> of being a bioweapon that yes. was being created there. And then it showed up originally in New Delhi. Okay, gotcha.
0: Hmm.
2: okay cool okay so uh, then that shows up starts killing yeah, everybody
1: yep uh the the world health organization steps in and even when medical supplies were provided local governments withheld vaccinations from large portions of the population in order to either sell to the highest bidder or just make sure the people they wanted to survive did sell
2: Man, this podcast would have been so much more fun to record like three years ago. Than <laughs> it is right now. Oh, geez. Honest, right now, but you know, that's totally the case. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so,
1: so they do the, so make the a vaccine. People get to for survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do eventually create a vaccine for it. Uh huh. Um, which, which stems the the death toll,
2: <laughs> which is the, always a plus. Always, Always a, plus, a plus,
1: but it lasts for two years. So,
2: gotcha. Oh, oh
3: wait. So, does this
1: Woo! continue to exist? Um, technically, in current, uh, in our current timeline for Shadowrun, uh, Vita still exists.
0: Oh,
3: oh wait. So, okay. do you have to like regularly every two years get a vaccination?
1: No. Oh, most people, most people by this time are vaccinated. Like... Wait, wait, are vaccinated against strain one. Oh. Uh... Mm great oh i
2: love it okay so it's like so 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 it's like polio basically yes okay
1: gotcha so yeah strain two hits in
2: 2020
0: okay Um. uh, (laughs) okay
2: so for the initial strain so strain one outbreak in 2010 and then you said it was for two years so it goes to 2012 2012 mm-hmm. is where we start to actually get the vaccinations out and yes, into a widespread capacity. People mm-hmm. start to be okay, and then you said nothing eventful else happens in 2012, right? Nothing at all. Oh, yeah, nothing, everything, no, no, no.
1: everything goes completely fine
3: seamlessly until 2020.
1: <laughs> uh, no, there's definitely other stuff that happens, <laughs> okay? So, but,
2: but. To loop back around as well to my initial question uh, that uh, I had had, so the megacorps are the ones who do come out and go, "Don't worry, guys, we've got the vaccine for you." Uh,
1: some megacorps do uh, deal in pharmaceuticals, and then there's the um, the WHO that also comes out and it's like, "Hey, we've we've also got it."
2: Okay, gotcha. All right, so uh, everything is pretty garbage from 2010 to 2012, it sounds like. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, in 2012 is really when everything starts going off the rails.
4: Hoy, Chummers, just wanted to take a moment and let you know about our Patreon. While we release episodes of Shadow Running on Empty every single week, we actually have a backlog of about four episodes at any given time, just to give us a little cushion in case we can't record on our schedule for whatever reason. You know, like holidays or bug spirits. If you're interested in getting access to the episodes early, as well as a bunch of other benefits like artwork for the show, news on changes or rollouts and sneak peeks at other things coming up, five new yen a month, Over on patreon.com slash critical underscore hits gets you full access to all of the bells and whistles. You can even get a shout out for your support at the end of every single episode of Stimless as well. So if you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support our work as well as get tons of bonus perks, that's the best way to do it. Thanks for your time. Let's get back to the show. In
1: 2012, um, we actually see uh, the first dragon
2: oh oh fantastic uh yeah the
1: first dragon is spotted at the end uh of december uh december 20 24th or 25th merry Um, christmas yeah at the end (laughs) at the end of the year 2011 there's a bullet train that's going by uh mount fuji in japan right uh-huh. and um mount fuji uh simultaneously erupts and a lightning storm hits it at the same time metal jesus christ super cool right uh-huh. <laughs> i've actually seen real life pictures of it happening and it, it's wild
2: that's um, nuts
1: so this goes on and people are watching uh as the bullet train goes by and at that same time this japanese dragon so one of the the long like snake-like mm-hmm. versions oh yeah mm-hmm. just zooms by the bullet train dope yeah people are taking pictures they're wondering what is this
2: i mean all of the people who were ready and excited for the second coming of jesus i bet none of them had their money put on dragon form <laughs> I mean, if it happened no, on Christmas no, Day, no, definitely
1: not, and especially in Japan too.
2: And in Japan, dude, that's <laughs> a that is a fantastic double whammy. I love it. <laughs>
1: uh, but uh, not to be not to be outdone in January, uh, in January of twenty twelve, we have one of Wait, the most January interesting of... January yeah. of
2: twenty twelve or January of twenty thirteen.
1: January twenty twelve. Okay. We have one of the more interesting... Because it's 2011 when the first dragon is seen going Uh, into 2012. Okay,
2: sorry. That was was mine then. I I thought it was 2012 for the dragon. All right, so 2011, we see the dragon.
1: Going right into 2012, we see the dragon. January Uh, business as usual. January, we have one of the greatest dragons uh, appears in the world. Who we will be doing some uh some deep dive into at a later date he is called mm. Dunkelzon. on Dunkelzon.
0: dunkles on he,
1: <laughs> he appears at cherry creek lake in denver okay uh the way that he's different is um he immediately makes himself available to the media
2: Okay. Yep. Uh, You know,
1: he goes out and he actually does a a twelve hour interview.
2: Nice. Okay. Sick. He's all right. Kind of respect Uh, the game. (laughs) Respect the hustle. Yeah. (sighs) Nobody
0: makes Um, you look good like you. You know. (laughs)
1: In in that same month, there are a number of other dragons that come into the world. Some of them. Some of them end up wreaking havoc. Uh. Some of them are a little more publicly seen, but Dunkle's on, by far, is the most, Mm. most seen in the public eye. Okay. He actually ends up doing uh, this thing that's kind of like a podcast. It's more like a talk show that he does later called Worm Talks.
2: Uh, okay uh-huh. where it's almost
1: like a late night tv show he'll bring people on and they'll do interviews
2: <laughs> fantastic i'm loving it i you know i've got it becomes I've got, very popular <laughs> i've got a lot of respect for dunkles on so far i gotta be honest this dude sounds like uh he sounds like he knows what's up
1: i mean uh, a little bit of an early history lesson here since we're talking about him uh yep. he actually ends up being um the first president of the yukos Oh, no,
0: he's not the one who gets assassinated,
1: is he? The first dragon president, and sadly, yes, he is the one that gets assassinated. No,
0: not
2: (laughs) I just We just attached to each other.
1: (laughs) But that's not until, like, 2050.
2: Oh, man, all right, you know what? As long as I get a solid, like, what, 38 years of Dunkle's on, I think I'll be, you you know. Okay, all right, all right, that's fine. He had a good run. Um, All right. Question. Do they have
3: any connection between the fourth world and the dragons?
1: Yes, but that is not publicly stated. Oh, okay. Yes. All the dragons have connections back to the fourth world.
3: Cool. And Dunkelzon was in a lake?
1: Yeah, he comes out of Cherry Creek Lake in Denver, which I think is an actual place.
3: I, I mean... Probably, with uh, how, uh, you know, based
2: on reality the story is. <laughs> yeah, why Why start making fake, you know, why start yeah, making right. fake locations at this point? Right. Uh, apparently, Cherry Creek is actually a reservoir in Denver. Fun fact.
1: Ah, well, now we yeah, know. There we go. So, a lot of the dragons come out in this, in this time through 2012. Um, and we see a lot of other things start happening in the rest of the world, too, to kind of interact with these crazy things that are happening.
0: Uh, We've got... Oh, here we go. More
1: corporation talk in... All
2: right. I'm ready.
1: In uh, Dallas. The local corporations agree to take control of Dallas's struggling welfare system. As long as it, of course, adheres to their rules.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes sense checks mm-hmm.
1: out this is more how kind of uh the early beginnings of the lone star corporation start to take root in again in texas
0: mm-hmm. everything goes down in the lone star state what can i tell you
1: <clears throat> it really does
3: <laughs> yo wait okay not to jump too far ahead does is there any are there any dragons native to texas
1: there, sadly, are not, no.
3: Lag it all.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um,
3: I, wanted a, I wanted a dragon in a cowboy hat. <laughs> in
1: 2012 is also when the first whispers of magic start to creep back into the world as well. Is it referred
3: to as whispers of magic?
1: Well, no one really knows what it is. It's just attributed a lot to strange phenomena. Like people being able to, to levitate or vanish, um, things like that. No, no, oh. ma- like, no mages have emerged yet, uh, but people that have strong ties to the land or totems like shamans that have lived like a shamanic lifestyle will feel this power before anybody else. okay so i don't know if that gives you some uh foreshadowing uh-huh yeah, is, i could what is coming
2: s- i could start to see where we're going with this in a in a good way yeah.
1: i'm liking good in
3: quotes it. for the shadow verse
1: one interesting tidbit is kind of just off to the side in 2013 uh one of the new uh, national sports that is that gained some popularity uh in the sixth world that I will actually go over in another podcast, combat biking gets founded, which now, it, ends up is, being a, a big, a big game.
3: <laughs> is it like, what are the, what are the origins or like, what was the beginnings of combat biking? Was it just motorcycles with like a chainsaw attached? Or <laughs>
1: uh, it was, uh, it was uh, actually because of go gangs, because mm. gangs are becoming more and more prevalent as, you know, time marches on and society kind of is breaking down because you have corporations taking over more and more land and, and imposing their laws instead of federal or state regulated. Right, right. So you're, you're getting the gang to kind of grow again, like in the early 90s, where we had a lot of gang issues you see a resurgence of that because of the lacking in any kind of formal law enforcement (laughs) because you've kind of you're you're kind of losing them as the corporations take more land so you see the rise of the gangs more and these go gangs are very popular and because of this this creates this combat biking league Mm -hmm. now
3: is it seen as like a means of Calming the populace, getting out some frustrations. What, like,
1: what? When it's turned into a sport, it is because then corporations see a reason to get involved, where they can make money off of sponsorships and televising Very... and building arenas and et cetera, et cetera. Anything where they can turn a buck. And we march right along to the next year of 2014, and this is where the natives get their revenge and on top of that it sets the stage to really reshape the united states as we know it today so there's this guy who's a native american his name is daniel howling coyote sick he is this guy that's living in these internment camps right and reject re-education centers and he's talking about how they, as a people, should come together so they can reclaim their lands. And he's been talking to his ancestors and they're telling him that the time is coming uh, to be able to make these demands to get their, their land back. So uh, in Ju- on, the, on the 10th of June, Daniel Howling Coyote he makes a public appearance after he had escaped an internment camp. And he reveals that he spent his time building a coalition of Native American tribes called the Native American Nations. And he claims the entirety of North America
2: Hell for
1: yeah. for the Nan. Hell and yeah. Demands that all people of European, Asian, and African ancestry leave the continent or face retribution.
2: This guy just became my favorite character in Shadowrun. Uh Let's
1: most go. of most governments and people didn't take it seriously. They're like, who's this guy? What's he going to do? Then in July, the uh, Rondo volcano erupts, burying the city of Los Alamos and the Los Alamos National Laboratory under volcanic ash. Uh, Daniel Hallen Coyote appears on TV again shortly after the eruption, claiming credit for, for the eruption and calling it the power of Mother Earth. Nice. Very nice. He promises that much more such events are on the horizon. Of course, the government doesn't want this. So again, they try and send troops to capture him. But a string of tornadoes hampers their advance.
2: Hmm. I wonder where those came from. That sure seems conveniently timed.
1: (laughs) Right? Uh, And he's able to, Daniel is able to escape. Uh, His followers are long gone by the time they get there and the tornadoes abate. Wait, they this, get there
2: in the tornadoes of what?
1: They disappear. Like Oh, okay. As soon oh, as they sorry. get to the location where... The
2: tornadoes where... dissipate. I don't, for some reason, yes. my, my brain did not put that I heard together. I <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait, the tornadoes did what? Okay, so, sorry, so the tornadoes go away. The tornadoes yes.
3: date and they find love. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh,
1: At the same time, he makes a, a statement to all Native American peoples. Mm-hmm um broadcasting out to them that they need to come together and join the NAN uh, and they're going to start this thing that's called the great ghost dance to call on their oh. ancestors
2: here
0: it is
1: dude i just For power. yes
2: yes yes do it everything about this is so stoked
0: let's go <laughs>
1: So, yeah, Daniel and Coyote convinces a a lot of the Native American peoples to come together. And they start doing, unbeknownst to them, this great magic ritual that's called the Great Ghost Dance. And basically, it's them dancing and doing this chant and everything day and night. People die from exhaustion in doing this. But it ends up paying off for them. Because <laughs> when they do the ghost the the ghost dance, uh, it finally culminates in twenty seventeen.
2: It takes how long? It's that four years?
1: Uh, about well, like three, three and a th- half.
2: Three and a half. Okay. Also. If people died while they were performing the ceremony, wouldn't that just make something called the Great Ghost Dance more powerful? Am I crazy? No, it does. That's the whole reason. Sick. The greater good. The greater good. For the greater good. good. Yep. Uh, Here for it.
1: So um, the the president doesn't want to give the lands back, right? Uh huh. The president at the time, and so he. Under the table, does a puts out the extermination oh, order?
2: Oh no! Real quick question. Real quick side question. Yes. How do we still have a president if we don't have a federal government anymore?
1: It's like a figurehead, like the queen type deal.
2: Ah, gotcha. Okay, fantastic. I mean
1: there there was there was a president that tried to repeal and reinstate D.C. as a a place of governance. The federal it, government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it half worked and half did not.
2: Uh huh. I, I I'm assuming it didn't, you know, didn't take uh, considering where we are in the right. world
1: at this point. But
2: okay, so I guess that so that's what I was wondering. Okay, gotcha. So, so in 2017, so,
1: in August, yep, that's where we're at. Okay. The military makes moves uh, to try and exterminate Daniel and his followers.
2: Oh, okay. Yep, that makes sense.
1: So they initiate the Great Ghost Dance. Um. And the first thing that happens when they do it is the simultaneous explosion of four volcanoes in the Pacific Northwest.
2: Dope. Oh, yeah.
1: Mount Hood, Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, and Mount Adams all erupt at the same time.
2: Uh, also, Tyler,
1: all real places, just so you know.
3: I, no, I'm assuming they are until
2: told otherwise. Yep. Yes. Can I can verify all real mountains?
1: Yes. Can verify uh, freak weather patterns follow and continue to last the whole rest of the year.
2: Now, is this something that they, that, that uh, it's the, is it the nan, right? The, yeah, the nan. Is this something that they all knew the things that were going to happen ahead of time? Or was this like, no? okay. So the, even they didn't know they were just like, yeah, I don't know. It was just,
1: Shit's going to be crazy for the next 12 months, guys. We tried to warn you. They were following and believing in in Daniel because he was this very charismatic figure. Seeing his ability to manipulate like the weather, like those tornadoes that ca- came out of nowhere, uh-huh. really led to giving him more credence uh, to have these people follow him.
2: Okay, gotcha.
1: And so now he proves it even more with the great ghost dance, and the simultaneous eruption of four volcanoes. Sick. Okay. This scares the absolute dreck out of the president.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Understandably so.
1: He immediately stands down and comes to the negotiating table.
2: Okay. Well, that's good. I, You know, at least something had to give, right? Like at some (laughs) point, In it, 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 Given everything that's happened in the history of the fifth world so far, I'm glad that there was finally something that happened where they went, you know, maybe we do need to talk about this.
1: <laughs> I think so. Uh, and that leads to the following year in 2018, they go to Denver. They meet in Denver. The NAN, the United States, uh, Canada... And a, another location called Atz Land, which we will get into that formation and who they are a little later. They all sign the Treaty of Denver. This gives the NAN sovereignty and is recognized, and it gets a vast majority of the Western United States, with California and Seattle uh, as the only notable exceptions.
2: So I mean we've given sovereignty to literally everybody else at this point in the fifth world. Like, I, this, fa- this feels appropriate, you know?
1: Yeah, so they get a, a ton of their land back.
0: So
2: how does that interact with the corporations that have already settled there?
1: It, it's, it's weird. Since the corporations still have some of their land and still claim extraterritoriality, the natives take all the land around them, but for some reason uh, extraterritoriality still holds. So they still oh, keep okay. some of the lands that they have received, but uh-huh. they also did give some back. The corporations did also concede a little bit as well, just from what happened.
2: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you can see how much the United States lost and gets separated.
3: Oh, this is where we get the UCAS.
1: This is where the UCAS starts to form. Yes. Of course, people in the United States are really upset about this. You have people that feel like they should have called Daniel's Bluff and gone for it, but they didn't. And so you end up with a whole fight again uh, between the Northern United States and the Southern United States arguing about what should have been done
0: hmm where have i heard
2: that one before
1: (laughs) right meanwhile california becomes its own state as they've always wanted to Uh yeah they finally do it they just remove themselves from the rest of the united states and like we're our own autonomous country now
2: good for them you know i'm glad that they finally get that
1: (laughs) and then in part of the treaty with the with the nan um Seattle is chosen as the only port that the UCOS has on the West Coast. So it becomes very strategically important. And Seattle becomes a megacity, like a metroplex. So instead of just Seattle as we know it today, that literally becomes what we know in the Shadowrun world with you guys as downtown. Gotcha. So regular Seattle City becomes downtown, and then Auburn, Puyallup, uh, Fort Lewis, Tacoma. Everett, Tacoma, Auburn, Red, all of Redmond, all of them get smashed together to form what, is, what becomes the Seattle Metroplex. It's seen as defense for the metroplex. They put a big wall around it that's facing the NAN.
3: Around Seattle?
1: Around the whole Metroplex. There is a wall. So that big picture that you see of what is the Seattle Metroplex, anything that's not touching the ocean, there's a wall around it. Oh. That whole border.
2: Okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, 10 10 to 15 feet tall concrete (laughs) that separates the Metroplex from the Nan Nation of the, uh, the Salish Sheen. Okay. That was part of the agreement.
3: And our story takes place where in Seattle again?
1: Well, you're in the Redmond area in Redman. Seattle. Okay. Oh,
3: the, the Redmond Red Barons. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. yes. So the next couple years after that, uh, technology starts to finally ramp up and we get things like cyber limbs start to become real. Usable.
0: Interesting. Okay. Does, does this come
3: with any like significant historical event or just naturally technology progresses to that point?
1: It's naturally technology starts okay. to progress to that point gotcha. to make people better, basically.
3: Mm. Is it safe to assume that this was like technology was able to advance because the ghost walk or ghost dance finally ended?
1: That's up in the air. It, I think a lot more people would attribute it to corporations not having any oversight and doing whatever they want on their fiefdoms. Gotcha. To just kind of progress technology however they want. Things finally start to calm down after this. We've had the great ghost dance that gets the nan their lands back. We have the Seattle Metroplex gets made. We have dragons are real in the world. So what possibly could happen next?
2: Probably something horrible again, given what we've talked about so far tonight.
1: Well, the next major thing that happens comes in 2021, mm-hmm. where this uh, freak accident or a freak event uh begins to happen all over the world and they call it goblinization
2: okay so this sounds metal as shit but real quick because i just want to i i i want to touch back to one thing so goblinizations in 2021 yes what what happened in regards to the second strain of vitas in 2020 did that just kind of come and then they just had to make another vaccine for it and yeah vaccinize or was there anything in, in
1: 2020 it strain two rears its head and there's more more damage you lose another 10 percent of the world world's population before they're able to get another vaccine out
2: okay so we're yep so we're just taking another chunk out of uh out of society (laughs)
1: yeah the world the world starts to dwindle
2: (laughs) okay again uh, again Again. once again Uh uh-huh fantastic okay Okay. So
1: then this thing called goblinization starts to happen in uh-huh. 2021. And it's very off-putting um, before this happened. So we're in like the early early 2020s. Maybe people started having weird births. Okay. They were giving bur- uh women started giving birth to smaller babies Uh that would develop hair faster. Oh. These are the dwarves are being born. Ah. Uh, At the same time, people are also starting to give birth to very elegant babies that have pointed ears.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: And the elves are starting to be born. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: Unfortunately for the people that are going to become orcs and trolls they're not born as oh. magic as magic grows into the world and mana starts rising again uh-huh anybody that had markers in their DNA where they at one point may have had troll or orc ancestry they spontaneously start to mutate
2: and that's linking back to the fourth world yes okay
1: with elves dwarves trolls and orcs right okay so the orcs kind of have it a little bit easier in that uh people get a little stockier and their lower jaw will extend and tusks will grow from up from their lower jaw
2: sick okay which is
1: which is painful it sounds painful right it's like you have to go through teething all over again as an adult
0: <laughs> yeah oh. <Okay. laughs>
1: metal all right by far trolls have it worse because trolls are big imposing creatures uh huh so people start growing to fit the the troll archetype which is on average Most trolls are like seven and a half feet tall. Uh, Okay. So you have people just starting to grow. And then on top of that, painful protrusions start coming out of their skulls to form horns. Uh, These dense calcium buildups start to come up on their, their elbows and their arms and their knees where this calcium bone will come through their skin. It's very, very painful. (laughs) I just
2: imagine Uh, a bunch of people out there being like, look, dear, Matthew outgrew his baby
1: bones. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people, there are some people that died from goblinization because their body couldn't handle the stress of the change.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) You know, that's the most
3: unrealistic thing I've heard thus far.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people are taken to the hospital because no one has any idea what's causing this. Uh, And they're people's vision start to change too especially trolls since trolls can see infrared they can see thermal vision mm. so their vision starts to change they just wake up in their hospital bed one day and they can see like the heat outlines around people
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and it just throws them off but this is where we see trolls and orcs making in making their entrance into the world because magic is growing stronger in the world sick and of course because now we have elves, dwarves orcs and trolls well you see a dip in racism as we know it today hooray! right?
2: yeah and no caveat is attached to that statement (laughs) at all
1: it becomes less about the color of your skin and more about what metatype you are.
0: uh uh-huh. uh-huh. There
1: are, of course, people that hate orcs, people that hate trolls, people that hate elves, dwarves. There's an entire group that rises up out of this. They call themselves Humanus First. Oh, no. And they are all about humans being in charge, and only humans are... Are the pure race.
3: Yeah, don't say.
1: I don't say. And tensions definitely start to rise around this time.
3: I imagine so with humans first. No,
1: I'm sure everybody's (laughs)
3: super cool with it. Like, what would be the issue? The window of time is goblinization is in 2021. Yes. And then in that same year, the uh, humanus and all that happens?
1: Uh, It takes. It probably takes about another year for it to really grow, but hate groups tend to pop up pretty quickly.
2: As soon as you give them something to hate, that's all it takes. (sighs) People don't like change, man. That's, you know, that that is the unfortunate darkness of human nature, (laughs) as it were, (laughs) uh, which, you know, a vast majority of the population, I guess, no longer has to deal with. So...
0: (laughs)
1: Well, the other bad part is, you know, you have strain to a vitus going around right. around the same time. And people were worried that goblinization was a, an effect of that.
2: Oh, of course we had anti-vitus vaxxers oh. because of we causing <laughs> goblinization because of it. Of course we do. It's got to be. They put it in the water and turn all the frogs into orcs. And turn all the frogs into orcs
1: exactly oh uh, man it took scientists having to come out publicly to be like no no it's something completely Wait. different
3: and people believed them
1: well it took time
2: that's the most unrealistic thing you've told me all night so
1: <laughs> probably probably <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. So we have gobletization. Everything goes smoothly. Society exists in a utopia. Go
1: on. <laughs> it sadly does not.
3: I'm once again surprised and devastated that things don't work out smoothly.
1: I know. I I'm sure you have so so surprised. No idea. <laughs> then in 2023, you still have you have riots that are growing, and these are racially meta-racially motivated.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So the Seattle Police Department gets tired of taking the brunt of the anger expressed in the racial riots between humans and metahumans, and they strike.
2: Understandable.
1: (laughs) So they have no police force whatsoever now in the Seattle Metroplex. Uh, uh
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: And so to combat this, the Seattle governor reaches out to the Lone Star State and hires Lone Star Security Services. And this is now why we have Lone Star as the main police force in our current Shadowrun play.
2: Because no one else wanted to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because the cops just gave up.
2: Uh, you know that's totally understandable. Texas uh, never gives up. Never gives <laughs> up on humanity, right? Um, right, Tyler? Oh, no, right. No. That's what you were saying, right? I'm pretty sure that's no. what you said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we bring in Lone Star, and then and then everything worked. and
1: then Utopia, right? That's no, yeah, no, still still no Utopia. No, son of a bitch. We've okay, still got so... some time.
2: <laughs> so we brought in Lone Star.
1: Uh, we did bring in Lone Stars now in Seattle. Uh, uh, in this same year of 2023, 20, 2024, a person comes forward uh, that's a uh, he has a PhD in engineering mm-hmm. and he's able to demonstrate a new form of what he calls magic. Okay. And that he is able to enhance his body physically
0: mm, and do okay. these
1: amazing feats that people have only seen in movies or uh, kung fu fictions.
3: And his name is Carl Combat Mage. Let's no, discuss. it's not.
1: It's, <laughs> his I, name is actually Francis Daniels.
2: I really want Francis Daniels to be like an old-timey carnival barker. He's like, well, let me show you my feats of strength that I can accomplish here with a little use of my panted magic tonic formula that you'll not find anywhere else. It'll cure what ails you and give you the ability to leap tall buildings. (laughs) (laughs) I love him and I hate him. It's it's exactly as it should be. You know, He's got the long, twisty, pencil-thin mustache, (sighs) probably a top hat and a vest. Operating operating out of a mobile stall that you know he could take from town to town to sell his yes.
3: what's the name of that attorney that we're big fans of in a sinless, helped out our boy, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, Sam Sam Hickory. Hickory. is he a descendant yeah. of Sam Hickory or something? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he could be.
3: Anyway, our head candidate aside, <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, you do get some mildly good news. Um. <gasps> The MetaHuman Bill of Rights is passed Texas. Hey, in Texas.
2: Texas? In yeah, Texas? Yeah, Texas.
1: This bill guarantees voting most... privileges, equality in housing, Let's medical care, education, and fair employment for all MetaHumans.
2: Go, Texas. I, <laughs> I, I, I take back what I early, what I said earlier. That is the most shocking thing. How dare you, today. sir.
3: Texas is the main character of Shatter Unconfirmed.
1: <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> uh, they do so, have all the fun toys.
2: Yes, <laughs> so, we do. I, so I do have a real quick, once again, a, a real quick wrap back around question. Sure. So in regards to Seattle, so Seattle is being policed by a private police force that is yep. that is based from Texas. Yes. They are self-governed within the current system of state governance within the fifth within the the, the fifth world setup.
1: And yeah fifth to sixth world setup fifth to
2: sixth world right because we're now entering into the sixth world yes
1: once magic and uh really when meta humanity starts that's i i mark that as the official kickoff gotcha so g
2: day is the beginning of the sixth world yes the goblinization day
1: yeah goblinization uh i i would kick off as the start of the sixth world
2: Okay. So oh. at this point, what is like the actual like ruling system of the Seattle Metroplex area? Is it Nan in control of it? Or is it because of the wall that was built? Is, is it not associated with the rest of Nan?
1: It is not associated with the rest of Nan. Think of uh, the Seattle Metroplex kind of like uh, East and West Berlin during the Cold War. Gotcha.
2: Okay, so, so the Seattle Metroplex is self-governing. Is self-governing.
1: They're still part of the UCOS, but
2: they're so far removed. They're they're majoritively run and controlled, I'm assuming, by the megacorporations that are still located there and operating well, out of uh, the... A
1: lot of megacorporations come into the Seattle Metroplex and put you know buildings and compounds in there because it is the only port to uh, the Pacific that's controlled by the Yukos, and a lot of the Nan nations don't want corporations on their land.
2: Oh, off of the west coast, that's not aligned to the Nan. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. So once the
1: NAN is founded, no more land is sold to the corporations. They can't claim anymore. Oh, they already uh, have what's there. So if okay. they didn't set up, then you know, they're just, then they're out. Then then they're out, and they're out it. yeah. Okay. And plus, even, even then, some of these corporations, because they're not mega corporations yet. They're right. very close.
2: Right. We're cuspying, but uh, a lot of these corporations megacorps.
1: will give land back to the NAN because they're afraid
2: goodwill, as if you will. Yes, they're, they so, are afraid. And so I, I apologize, because if, if this was something that you had already brought up, we've talked about a lot of dates and facts so far today. Yes, so, we have. Um, so why was it that this the Seattle Metroplex region was the region that was decided to not be incorporated as part of the
1: NAN as well? Like, why that... did
2: that gain sovereignty?
1: They wanted a, because the UCOS wanted a port to the West, you know, to have some, something so they could still do trade with, you know, Japan and, and Russia and China and everything over on on that side. Right. Without it taking forever to get there. Okay. Like there's still tariffs and everything. Like the interstates still exist. It's just that you have to pay tariffs now to the nan to transport goods across their territory
2: i see so so the seattle metroplex was basically established as a beneficial western port for everybody yes gotcha okay yeah that, for the okay. for the and
1: and the nan allowed it because it was the one they're getting so much land back they're like yeah you right can, you can have seattle
2: Right, and and I'm assuming that by having that availability as well, and that located so deep into Nan territory that they're also going to get some type some type of benefit from it as well. It's not like it's just benefiting, you know, just the yeah. Ucos. Well, and the Metroplex. there
1: there is a place in the Seattle Metroplex called Council Island where mm. the Sheed have an embassy. Ah, okay. And it is that island and most of the surrounding uh like because it's in a it's in a lake i forget the name of the lake but council island and most of the surrounding water in that lake is considered nan territory
2: gotcha okay so so they have their own like designated representative area within the, the metroplex as well to have a presence there but yes for, for the sake of the Yukon and everything else, that's why it was decided to be left sovereignly to deal with the West coast trade. Okay. Yeah. That all makes so much more sense now. Okay. Sorry. That, that was something that I was just, like I said, I, I may have missed that earlier and I apologize having to run that back real quick, but that makes sense now. Okay. Back on track.
1: Okay. (laughs) As long as that makes more sense. Um, One of the other fun things that happens is in the Seattle Metroplex, uh, DARPA creates the Fort Lewis Zoological Gardens, and the whole premise around this project is going to be used to explore goblinization and changes in paranormal animals, because with the resurgence of magic, creatures start coming back into the world that people thought were myths or legends.
2: Yeah, I mean that checks out. A dragon has a talk show, so I can only assume that... <laughs> I can only assume that that was like literally just the start of it, you know? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, and I'm surely surely there were no, you know, like experimentations on goblinized citizens against their will or anything dark and shady that happened in this place, right? Surely oh, everything of here was on the Of course not.
1: And up. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. I'd love to hear, you know, a good silver lining. All right. Moving right along, then. A good silver lining <laughs> in yeah. the sixth world every now and again. Uh
1: huh. Sure. I, you know, your characters could always try and go and investigate if they really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> My brethren. <laughs> oh, geez. So now uh, the next major event that really happens that shakes everything up, we have the split between the Northern United States and the Southern United States. Okay. Uh, So the Northern half and part of Canada come together to form the United Canadian American States or the UCAS and Uh, the Southern States uh, form together to form the confederated American States, oh, which forms no. the cost. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here they are. We're in their head again.
3: But but we have like meta human equality. <laughs>
2: you
0: sure? Yeah, did. You, sure you, did. Sure did. Oh,
3: man.
1: you sure did.
3: You sure did. You know, I'm that W.
2: I, I'm glad that that explanation came up because the entire time that we were also just talking about the Metroplex and we kept making reference to the UCOS, I didn't want mm-hmm. to be that guy that went, and what's the UCOS again? So I'm glad that we <laughs> could just slip that one in there. Okay, yes. Yeah. Helps yeah. me save face. All right. So that so so that is the UCOS is the northern portion, portion with US and Canada Yes, coming together. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Okay. So we have the split. Got yeah,
1: you. you can see where yeah. the split is for the U.S. and the Confederated American States.
3: I was just going to say, when I was looking at this map and I saw the UCAS, I was like, oh, great. And I saw Confederated American States. I'm like, well, maybe we'll just brush over that. I, I can't <laughs> see
2: how that's relevant at all. Why, does it, why? What I want to know is why does the South always have to be confederated? Why could they have not chosen like literally any other way hey, to go? in like,
1: man?
2: we're consistent. I guess so.
1: If anything, <laughs> if anything, consistency. consistency. Consistency is key. Consistency is key. Oh consistency boy. keeps the
2: Confederacy a running. Uh-huh. Oh I'm yeah. the right my <laughs> All right, so we have the split, so that's the official so okay, so other question then, yeah. So prior to the split, the entirety of the costs and the u cost were all just one land mass at that point that what what was it referred to before the split?
1: It was still referred to as the United States,
2: okay. So we were still just the u s. at that point,
1: yes. We were still and- just the u s. before the split.
2: And having the U.S. prior to the split, but with the um, the the Nan getting all of their land back, that's where the formation of the Seattle Metroplex came from. Is because that's the West Coast port, yes, for, for the, the U.S. rest of the uh, contingent United States, yes. Gotcha. And okay, then okay.
1: arguments continued to flare after the Nan received their lands back, which uh, is and- what
2: brought us to the split yes okay
1: that's what brings us to the split is eventually the southern united states just gets tired of it and they're like well we're gonna do this and because remember we've basically removed the federal government right it was the states coming together to make the decision
2: yeah they all just kind of went the school with you the school with you the school with you all right all right we're good good. Mm -hmm. all right okay let's do this now, once the split occurs, is the Seattle Metroplex specifically a port to the Ucos, or is it still for both the Ucos and the Cos to work out of?
1: Ah, uh, that ends up being a real gray area. I see. Uh, the governor, I think the governor at the time, and it just maintains this way, uh, sides with the Ucos. Okay. Mostly because Seattle is still pretty close to what was Canadian territory and right. they're in the Northern half. So right. they okay. just side with the UCOS. I'm sure the cost still has access to, to the ports that are there.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: <clears throat> but in
2: some way or form. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: Especially since, you know, we have Lone Star that's contracted out to them and they are Come now from the costs. primarily from the costs
2: gotcha okay so yeah so there does have to be some type of relationship still between the metroplex and the cost though on paper it's primarily seen that the metroplex is connected to the yucos specifically yes cool gotcha all makes sense
1: okay as long as everything makes sense so yeah
2: yeah no we're 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 doing good this is this is legitimately filling in a lot of blinks for me right now and and, (laughs) excellent well it's going good
1: thus far after everything that we we've we've gone over do you guys have any other questions that have come up from anything else that I've brought up
3: I'm processing a lot of it like the um, I'm interested where the other security cores like come into play
1: so those start coming into play when the other when the corporations really start to become mega corporations
3: oh they're not even mega corporations they just
1: have sovereign yeah it's a bunch of corporations have sovereignty and then through through the years as things progress the buying out of other corporations by stronger ones ends up creating these mega corps and uh i i do have an entire Podcast all set aside for us going into the formation of the mega corporations. Oh, I'm excited
2: and, to talk about the mega corps
1: and what they represent, and uh, we'll also get into a little bit of what each one of them kind of dabbles into. Okay, so that's that is in the future. I, I do have that planned. And Just so, know now that their their formation uh, starts to come heavily after the split.
2: But to 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 tie back into what tyler had been asking from from what i'd under from what i've understood of it mm-hmm. the other mili- the other private security services are all essentially subsidiaries of different megacorps
1: right lone star is the only one that's uniquely their own right because they, they started so early entity right yes the other security force that's very popular in our current timeline of playing is uh, from the Aries Corporation. The Aries Mega Corporation has a security force they call Night Errant, mm. and they're yeah. a competing security force with Lone Star in the Seattle Metroplex.
2: But rather, but Lone Star has in and of itself um, uh, like autonomy because they exist only as the Lone Star Corporation, whereas right. the knight Errant are
1: subservient to the Aries Corporation right but Aries Corporation still has Knight Arant try to bid for security contracts in the Metroplex
2: right yeah no that makes sense
1: so you've got Lone Star policing most of the Seattle Metroplex but there are some areas where you're more likely to run into Knight Arant instead of Lone Star
2: gotcha okay cool
1: and those are the only two major uh, security forces. None of the other mega corporations that come about really jump in to police forcing. They'll have their own private, uh, like specialized units mm. that they they don't they don't try and loan corporate, out to the city.
2: Corporate strike teams, but not for hire, as yes, it were. Yes,
1: basically.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And like I said, we, we'll get into that more when we start jumping into the mega corporations.
4: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Knight Errant Security Services. No one ever wants to be a victim. No one ever thinks it can happen to them. Today, however, we live in a dangerous world where every time you step outside, you could become the victim of a violent crime. Fortunately, you can shield yourself, your family, loved ones, and your property proactively with one call to Knight Errant Security Services. Let Knight Errant be your bulwark against evil in this dangerous world. Give your family the peace of mind they deserve and protect your property against all manner of damage and intrusions. Call one 800 55 a R E S for a free, no obligation quote from one of our helpful representatives. Our operators are standing by. Light Aaron is a subsidiary of Ares Macro Technology.